Welcome to Laundry Room Talk, the behind-the-scenes life of college basketball through the eyes of a student manager, hosted by your own Corbin King and Peyton Mattingly. Today marks our first episode in the college basketball offseason, and we are excited to have Kenneth Henry, who's a graduate assistant at Northwestern State University. Kenneth, happy to have you on. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Glad to be here. How y'all doing? Doing well. So kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be a GA at Northwestern State. Yeah, so um, I originally started out at a community college, Eastern Wyoming College in Torrington, Wyoming. Pretty small place, only a couple thousand people there. I was actually working at a fitness center part-time, trying to make ends meet. And I started just wanting to try out coaching. And so my local uh, high school, just about 10 miles from there, I was talking to my old high school coach, seeing what I can do. I was going to volunteer. And my employer at the fitness center was actually the head men's basketball coach there, Neil Sherbine. And this was around probably early October. And he was like, hey, the women's program here needs somebody. It's just the head coach. So he took me down, introduced me. Was fortunate enough to get an opportunity, primarily because I was the only one that applied. But, you know, it was a great opportunity. Fell in love with it. Spent two years there. Really enjoyed my time. Really got to learn how the college aspect works within basketball. So I wanted to run with it. Fast forward in time. Transferred to the University of Wyoming um, with Alan Edwards and his staff. I was the manager there for two years. Had a really unique opportunity my uh, first year. We had a lot of injuries occur. Got down to actually where we only had seven scholarship players available. And I might have told Corbin this when I first kind of got to know him and talked to him. I actually became eligible, suited up for games, started practicing just because of our numbers. And that was a really cool experience. Um, Got to play against San Diego State, Colorado State, which is a border war for us in Wyoming. So, you know, that was huge, especially for me and my family. And just growing up, watching that all the time. Really cool experience, really unique. Uh, enjoyed it. Went back to being managed my senior year. I was the head manager there. And that's when I kind of really started diving in to the coaching aspect of it. Um, helping out with scouting reports, being in the office a lot more. Trying to learn that, that side of the spectrum, which led to uh, me coming to Northwestern State University, which was during COVID year. Um Unfortunately, our staff got let go that year, too. Um, so we had a coaching transition. And with it being COVID, you know, I didn't get the opportunity to really meet that new staff because we were all under the, you know, house. Everyone was locked up in their houses at that time um, to quarantine and whatnot. And um, I just sent out emails. I was sending out emails to anybody and everybody just trying to see what was available which was a long process, a lot longer than I cared it to be. Um, you know, I got a lot of no's, got some maybes, especially with COVID. A lot of people emailed back saying, hey, sorry, we got to cut the GA spot this year. It's because of funding. And fortunately enough, Coach Moore, Coach McConaughey emailed me back and said, hey, you know, let's get on the phone. Let's visit with you. And, you know, we're going to have an opportunity here and got on the phone, talked with them and said, you know, We'd love to have you down here in Louisiana. And so me being 22 years old, born and raised in Wyoming, I was ready to get out of the state of Wyoming. So I said, hey, let's go to the South. 
And so that's how I heading up down here, and I've been here for the last two years. So uh, going back to your JUCO experience, what kind of like hands-on experience did you get? Like, because I started off at a JUCO, and all it was was a head coach, one assistant, and then me. So tell us about that experience. Yeah, it was uh, it was a really good experience. My first year, um, I was 18 years old at the time. And my boss, he's in his upper 60s. He's been doing it for a while. And we didn't really know each other. You know, there was really no connection, just kind of how it happened. And so my first year was just kind of really, I was doing probably a lot more manager duties than anything um, and trying to gain that trust. So being at practice, doing the laundry, um, we drove minivans everywhere. So I was driving a minivan for games, trying to make sure we were good on meals you know, it was just kind of getting an introduction to it, doing those typical manager things. Um, and then as that trust was built, um, I really got to expose to a lot of different aspects that a typical coach might get to be since uh, it was just me and him. Um, so, you know, I got to get to experience recruiting. I got to experience developing practice, having input. Uh, I actually worked with the post there. That was kind of one of my primary roles as we got rolling. Um, I got to experience the aspects of academics, you know, meeting with players, making sure they're on top of their grades, which is pretty easy. Um, you know, we had a great group of ladies that really cared about the academics, you know, but it, it's, a, it's a day in. Um, day out job, you know, I was working at 5 a.m. at the fitness center and then I would have classes all day like usual, practice at night, and then you're trying to break down film, get ready for your next opponent coming up for that week. And it was just a continuous cycle. But, I mean, it was a great experience. It really made me love it um, and really got me more intrigued. Um, there's definitely, looking back on it now, some things I might have done differently, especially in terms of networking. Um, having that opportunity to be around other collegiate coaches, getting to know them, build a relationship. Um, I probably would have done that a little differently, but I was 18, 19, just figuring out, you know, this is something I really want to do. But uh, it was it was good. It was good. You got a lot of hands-on experience. You get to do a lot of different things. Um, you know, not nothing too crazy, but it's, it's the typical JUCO experience. So enjoyed it, absolutely. Yeah, so you talked about just now networking, and uh, Corbin and I got the opportunity to go to our first Final Four uh, this year in New Orleans. Uh, obviously, we met you up there, and we've kind of experienced how we need to go about networking and learning a little bit more about it. So we still have another year to go. You mentioned you know, going to the COVID year, you were trying to quickly uh, scramble to find a job. Kind of talk more about how you networked um, other than just sending emails and how you just said you wish you would have done things differently networking at JUCO. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I, something I really learned, especially the last two years, is networking is important, but more importantly, building genuine relationships. I mean, you can know everybody within the profession, but if you don't know them on a personal level and it's not genuine, you don't have people that are going to help you um, because you've got to be able to have their trust for them to vouch for you and help you in times of needs. And, you know, they might be like, oh, I know you, but 
I don't know you well enough. And so I think that's the connection I've really made in the last couple of years is building on those relationships and things I tried to do in Wyoming as a manager was, you know, I always talked to my assistants and was like, coach, you know, trying to meet more people in the profession. Do you know of anybody you think I can reach out to that would be willing to talk, maybe ask questions to? And, you know, they'd be like, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, hit this guy, talk to this guy, and they give you that number. Well, now you have a connection going in. So if, you know, Sean Vanderveer at the time was at Wyoming gives me, you know, one of his guys' number, I can reach out to him and say, hey, you know, student manager in Wyoming, I know Coach V well, you know, he gave me your number, love to talk to you, pick your brain. And there's already, you kind of broke the ice already, you know, it's not like a cold text, cold call, whatever, like there's a connection there. And you and you can always start your conversation there, which then for me is always trickled into something else. You know, maybe a similar hobby, a similar like, maybe you're talking basketball. And, you know, and then from there, it's just all about how you cultivate that relationship. How you stay in touch, you know, or you you stay in touch regularly. Um, I always like to try and write a letter. It's a lost art. Learn that here at Northwestern State from Coach Moore. I mean, that's something he's been big on. And that's something not a lot of people do anymore. And I think that provides more significance to them because you took the time to sit down, handwrite it. And it's not just a copied and paste, you know, document that you sent to 100 coaches. It's a little different, you know. Um, I also try to send, I'm a, I'm a quote guy. And so within those layers, I'll send like a little business card with a quote that it's kind of like. And I'll send that with them just to kind of add some value, some food for thought, you know. And those letters are simple, just, you know, one to check in on you and see how you're doing. Maybe it's a congrats on a job, new kid, you know, um, whatever the case may be. And also within that, it's it's about reaching out to them when you don't need anything. I mean, that's something I've learned from Coach McConaughey here. Like, talk to those people outside of needing something, you know, make it, you know, see how they're doing talk to them about their family like those kinds of things go a long way even though they're simple so that way when it comes time for a COVID year and you need a job and you're trying to figure out what to do there's no hesitation like you can reach out and say coach I need some help you know of anything and you've done those things to where you've made it about a relationship and not just you always needing something that they step up to bat for you um so that's that's something I've done through that and really started to take seriously in my grad years. Um, it was getting started as a manager, but really when I got here at Northwestern State, that's, that's when I really started to pick off, take off and start trying to do those things. You know, I'm trying to hit um, coaches every two to three months with something, whether it's a text, phone call, letter, just to, you know, see how they're doing. It's nothing crazy. Yeah. So whenever uh, you transitioned from Wyoming to Northwestern State, whenever you got to a new staff, how did you find your niche to add value to the program? Yeah, that's a, that's a great, great question, Corbin. Um, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect coming down to Louisiana. And so I just came in with the mentality or the thought process of being available and willing to do whatever was asked you know one of the first projects that i helped with when i first got here was as we painted our equipment room 
Um, we completely renovated, pulled everything out. You know, we went in, painted a new color, put everything back. And then that was kind of, you know, through that process, I was trying to show what I can do. And that process was trying to show my work ethic. And then from there it was, okay, here's your next task. It might be uh, putting film together. And so now you're trying to put that, the film together, show them what you can do and our responsibilities. I think a unique thing here at Northwestern State is it's a smaller division than one school. And so you talk about a niche. And, you know, when I think of niche, it's something like, what are you really good at? You know, where do you exceptional well? But Northwestern State, to be honest, as a grad assistant, you got to be exceptionally well at everything because you're wearing all kinds of hats. I mean, you're doing film, you're helping scouting reports, you're on campus, you're doing community service events with the guys. You know, we don't have a, a typical full-funded staff. You know, we have a head coach, three assistants, Adobo, and we had four GAs last year. But the GAs get pretty hands-on work. You know, uh, I assisted with equipment and gear and trying to help with that nature. And so you just get you get caught up in doing so many different things that, you know, you're not really specializing in one thing. You're specializing in everything. And so you got to be pretty versatile here at Northwestern State and being with their GA process. And so I think through that and trying to show what I can do, it was just, it really helped me get experience in areas that I wasn't very good at and can improve and then help me in areas that I was good at, help the staff pick up on their weak, on their weaknesses. We have an older staff, so, you know, um, they need a lot of help with film kind of things. So, you know, that was something I was able to come in and really add value to having film experience. Um, and things like that, you know, and then here you just got to be able to do the nitty gritty. Like one of the things we did for uh, fundraising was we paint parking lots. Coach McConaughey, that's something he did when he was at JUCO to raise money. So, you know, we were up at 6 a.m. on Saturdays going to paint a parking lot. It gets too hot. We come back, finish it, you know, at 6, 7 o'clock at night when it's cooler. So, you know, it's just trying to add value and you got to be willing to do anything and everything especially within a GA spot. And so, you know, it's being available and being open-minded and being able to just be a go-to guy. Yeah, one of the things we've kind of talked about and heard from other managers is that the word no just doesn't really exist. Like, no, I can't do that. If you ask me to do something, it's, <laughs> yeah, no matter what it is. I mean, either say, hey, go clean this toilet five times with your bare hands. Like, all right, I'm doing it. Now that's 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 really good. Anything and everything, I like that. Um, so, kind of talk about you've gotten a chance to learn from multiple different coaches. What are some things that you would take away that you would like to st- instill in your program one day? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I'll, I'll start from uh, Alan Edwards, who's a great mentor of mine. Uh, he's the head coach at Washington. Wyoming. I was assistant at Loyola Marymount in California with Stan Johnson. One of the best things I learned from him, I really learned how important culture was. And I know that's probably cliche around the country, but one of the things I really liked that he did is he always read a book every summer with the team. Um, we always read Slight Edge um, by uh I think it's Jeff Olson, if I recall correctly, um, every summer. And that was something that really cultivated his program and something that we used on a daily basis throughout the season. You know, one of the things from that book is called Mastering the Mundane, which is being about the little things. 
And so, you know, you come into practice, you know, maybe we're not diving on the ball, um, getting those 50-50 balls. Maybe we're not doing our footwork right, which to a player can sometimes be a little thing. They're like, ah, that don't matter. I mean, I'm not going to get it this one time or it's okay. You know, I messed up this, this one time. But no, that's about mastering the mundane. Those are boring things, but those boring things become very important, especially in the game down the stretch and that can make a difference in a ball game and so i just really enjoyed the way he took a book reading a book with a team bringing it to the how it correlates to the basketball floor but then he would take it another step and correlate it to life you know in terms of of whatever that may be and so that's something i really liked really enjoyed think it's gonna be something i probably use if i'm blessed with the one day to be a head coach um, and then when I came to Northwestern State, one thing I really learned is is the relationships and not and it's relationships with the community. Um, Coach McConaughey was tremendous in getting out in the community and visiting with others. And it's not like visiting to you know get support, come to the games, and donate money. Like it was never those kind of conversations. It was genuine conversations. It was like he he knew the guy walked up you saw him in the street and you you know they went to high school together and catching up like those are the kind of conversations he had and he was always willing to help others especially in the community if a person called needed help he was there and because of that he was able to get naturally this crazy support from the community and you know it wasn't like he was having to go out and do promotions for people to come. Like, no, everyone just knew Coach McConaughey is a genuine guy that was willing to help each other. He was Christian-based. And I think that's something I really took away. It took me a while to realize that's kind of how um, that kind of would benefit you. You know, I was always like, Coach, why are you going to do this? I mean, we got a basketball game, come a basketball game coming up, you know. But to him, that was important because those are his supporters and that's just kind of how the person he was. So that's something else I want to take away going further in my career is, you know, get out, visit with people and have a conversation with them outside of just basketball and supporting the program. Like work on having a relationship with them, just like you're working on having a relationship with another coach across the country, because in the end, they're going to potentially help you, support you, become intrigued with your program and maybe even become a donor if they're not, or if they are, they'll be there in times of need when you really need help and you're in a bind. Very good. Um, so going back to your manager days, this is uh, this podcast about managers. What kind of funny stories, crazy stories you got being a manager um, or more so what are some of the tedious duties that you had to do? Um, in your few years ah man i knew you're gonna hit me that question (laughs) i've been thinking about that all week oh boy oh crazy funny stories well i'll say this my first year manager you know in junior college we i was with uh the women's program so you know this wasn't too big of an issue checking hotels or whatever they're pretty good stay in the room but so when I went to Wyoming, it was kind of the first year that I really did um, room checks for. And so I can remember one of our first road trips, we're going around, we're, we're checking, knocking on doors or whatever. And I come up to this door and, you know, I thought I was going to be kind of funny. And uh, I just start beating on the door, like hard. 
and probably not the greatest decision because I had about the whole hallway open up the door and everyone, our players were freaking out because they thought I was the police banging on the door. And so everyone's coming out thinking like, what is going on? And my, my manager's got this crazy look on their face like, what are you doing? And the players don't come answer the door. And I'm like banging on it some more and there's more doors open up and they just come out and they're like, they're just kind of like, what is going on? You know? And I was like, Oh, I'm messed up. Um, it was just, it's, it's not probably funny hearing, but <laughs> being in the moment and just banging on that door, like hard, like you see on a police show, like, Hey, open up, let me in whatever, you know, just trying to be funny. And, uh, you know, I've got about, 10 doors down the hallway, open up, peeking out, you know, <laughs> giving you this crazy look like, what are you doing, man? It's 10 o'clock at night. Like, go to bed. And, uh, you know, there's another story, too, that I was uh, a little worried about. It's kind of my first screw up. We went to, uh, uh, went to Fresno State. We had a phone case. And uh, put players put their phones in it every game, coaches, too. And... I like to be tried pretty, pretty organized. I was pretty good at that point and making sure everything was packed. But I left that in Fresno State. And so the next game, it was a home game came. Our coaches went to go put their phones up and they're like, where's the phone case? And I was immediately, I wasn't there at the time. They asked one of our other managers. And so they came and found me and was like, hey, where's this phone case? And I was like, it's in the bag. Like, what do you mean, where's the phone case? Just go put it up. And they're like, no, it's not in the bag. And I was like, you're kidding me. And so a uh, little helter-skelter, and I was like, yep, I am, uh, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I was my first mistake. You know, I listened to your guys' first podcast. I forget an iPad, which is probably a little bit more severe than a phone case. But I was like, I am, I'm toasted. Like, this is it. Uh, you know, but uh, it, it ended up okay. Um, you know, we, we audibled. You know, you got to be able to do that as a manager. Um, but I was, I was definitely afraid. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if those are crazy or funny enough. I'm going to get people to laugh, but those are some times that stick out to me. I, I do tell you this, this is not in my manager days. This is here where I was the grad assistant. Um, this is kind of funny is, uh, we have our manager and we're doing a drill and he's got the pad and we're doing a post drill and he gets knocked out takes an elbow to the face and now you gotta imagine you gotta imagine this man goes stone cold and it's just like a statue just falling over like he just goes and just boom hits the floor has no recollection and it's like the floor woke him up i mean it is incredible i'm gonna have to send you a video of this corbin so you can see this <laughs> i mean we watched this probably 10 times after practice laughing because he does he just blacks out and he just slowly falls over and bam hits the floor oh my goodness we had everybody rolling yeah we had a uh, similar uh <laughs> similar experience with uh it was our it's our freshman manager this is like maybe his fifth practice yeah um here and we're doing he's rebounding and he trips over someone's foot and he just, just totally it. eats it i mean just face flat on the ground 
And I mean, everyone just stopped and looked at him. My poor guy was so embarrassed. And Declan, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for telling the story. Yeah. But we still. The thing that makes it like worse about that though is like in the moment it's horrible, but just knowing that it's on film. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. It was. It's and... always great when it's on film. You can go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so being in Division One, what are some of the coolest places you've uh, gotten the chance to visit? Some of the uh, best arenas. Oh man. I mean, I've, I've been, uh, you know, COVID year was tough with no fans. I think there was definitely some gyms that we would have been at since I've been at Northwestern State that would have had a crazy atmosphere. Like, we went to Gonzaga in COVID year. When we played Gonzaga back-to-back, only, like, the first team in history that played the number one team in the country back-to-back days. Like, there was no fans. They had great facilities. But, I mean, that would have been an incredible atmosphere if fans were were involved. Um Texas Tech, great facility, absolutely loved it. Um, but you know, with the with fans and everything involved in the atmosphere, you know, I'm gonna have to throw it back to my days at Wyoming when I went to San Diego State. Mm-hmm. They were one of the top ranked teams in the country. I think they were like third or fourth at the time. Yeah. Um, we went there and just it was just unbelievable because at that point, you know, you're used to being able to hear calls on the floor. You're used to being able to hear your coach talk and the person next to you. And that was not the case that game. Like, you could not, like, I couldn't talk to our manager next to us. Like, you just couldn't hear. It was so loud. I mean, it was so loud. The floor's vibrating. It was just this crazy atmosphere. And I was like, dang, that's what that feels like, being top-ranked in the country and your people know about it and you're there rooting them on. Like, that was just one of the one of the best moments I'll never forget on just how that how that atmosphere comes together for a team like that. So I think me and you, we connected about three years ago through Rising Coaches and finally got to meet at the Final Four this year. How was your experience at the Final Four? Because I know me and Peyton, it was our first, and it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was my first time, too, at the Final Four. To be honest, uh, I was set to go during the COVID year before they shut it all down. And then last year, you know, they didn't really have any of our the events going on. Um, so it was great. I mean, it was kind of it was a great first experience. It was kind of weird because, you know, you're you're essentially meeting people for the first time, but you've known them for two or three years. Just for example, you and I, Corbin, like, I mean, we've known each other for almost three years now, but we've never met up until the final four this year. So it's just kind of it, it was it was great, but it was just kind of weird because, you know, you kind of you see somebody and you walk on and be like, hey, man, you know, I'm so-and-so. And it, but it was like, this is kind of weird because I already know you. Um, you know, I felt bad because there was definitely a couple people that, that walked up to me and said, what's going on? And I was like, what's going on, man? Uh, I don't recognize you. and But they recognized me. And I was like, apparently we know each other. Um, you know, and then I felt bad because I'd have to kind of go back because I kind of keep a database of things. I'm like, oh, that's him. Like, okay, face the name. All right, we good, you know. Uh, but it was great. You know, I went to a lot of clinics, a lot of social events, trying to meet people. Um, New Orleans is a great place in the backyard. So, I mean, it was, it was it was very enjoyable. Can't wait for next year. Um, just glad to next year I'll be able to know everybody and not have, you know, a bunch of people I've yet to meet. So it was good. Yeah, that's what we were we were saying. We were glad we went for the first time this year. Um, 
while we still have another year um, before we really set off into you know, looking for GA spots and stuff, kind of getting a feel for what it's like now, meeting people now and be able to have a whole year to connect with them and, um, like you said, build genuine relationships and reach out to them when you don't want something. Um, I think that was a big thing that I like that you said. Uh, well, Kenneth, it's been great having you on. We've enjoyed it. Uh, we're so, so very grateful that you uh, took your time out of your night to be with us. Any um, last piece of advice or, or wisdom that you want to share with any managers, GAs, or people just listening? Yeah, uh, just a couple of things. I think, you know, as far as advice goes, I think, you know, it's advice I got from Coach Gibson, who's the head coach here at Northwestern State University. Um, he took over after Coach McConaughey retired. You know, one of the biggest things he said going into the Final Four since I'd never been there was be yourself. You know, um, don't ever try to be someone you're not because then at that point you have to continue to try to be someone you're not. So he's like, be genuine, be yourself. Um, people are going to connect with you if you're being yourself. And I think, you know, for managers that are trying to aspire to be GAs, coaches, whatever it may be, I think that's important because those are crucial years you're trying to network. So always be yourself be genuine and um you know everything i always like to say everything works out like it should so just continue to be genuine you know and and before i before we get off here you know i have to i have to do right managing manager peyton i mean congrats brother manager all american grow the game thank you that is big time that is big time i appreciate appreciate everything you do appreciate corbin everything you do you guys are guys are in good hands you guys are doing great things you know keep trucking along Great things are coming all your way. So I appreciate y'all having me on here today. Absolutely. Thank you, man. And good luck to you the rest of your career. Absolutely. I appreciate it.